This is L'Inconnu Conversations, and I'm your host, Leila Gresh, founder and director of L'Inconnu Art Gallery. In this period of quarantine, where we are all physically isolated from our communities, we connect in a digital sphere as a means to remain interconnected. I opened up the podcast to informal conversations with friends of the gallery, artists, curators, dealers, collectors, etc., members of the community, you could say, to express and share between each other and also extend it out to our audience as to what is happening right now and, and what has happened and to include the rest of you in the conversation. So put in your headphones, go for a walk, blast it, do what you got to do and enjoy. Okay, great. We're recording. So I'm speaking with Max Marshall today of Delhi Gallery. And uh, could you tell us where you are, your background, and how you came to open Delhi Gallery? Sure. Um, I'm in a beautiful, sunny Brooklyn, bedside Brooklyn. I've lived here for 10 years. Um, I moved here from Texas where I got a BFA in photography from some state school in Texas that no one's heard of called Texas State. It's actually the third biggest college in Texas, but no one, people are like UT, A&M. Those are like the big ones. But all my teachers in school actually were from New York and like had degrees from Columbia or Bard or NYU. So I feel like they gave me a really sort of like they planted the seed in my head of New York is where art happens. So when I graduated, I moved here and then got sort of strangely lucky working at Pace. And I worked at Pace for three years. And then I worked at Matthew Marks for three years. And then I worked for a private dealer for two years-ish. And then I started Delhi out of sort of those experiences. And I've been running Delhi for four years about. There was a third part of that question that I probably blew past. No, well, you you explained it all. You said where you were, your background, and how you came to open the gallery. Um, But if you want to go into further detail about the gallery's programming and I notice you have a lot of female identifying artists on the program, which is similar yeah. to, to Lincoln News, so I can appreciate and recognize that. Definitely. I, I mean, I think part of the sort of like stimulus of starting the gallery was to support my friends and to support this sort of like community of people around me who very surprisingly at the time either had never had a show, had never had a studio visit, had never sold the work. So sort of like taking my experiences at blue chip spaces and applying them towards emerging artists. And then part of it was sort of like seeing the mechanisms of who gets supported, what kind of work gets supported, and sort of trying to fix those mechanisms. So obviously coming from a very white male dominated world and sort of taking it upon myself to sort of create a system to support people who aren't just white male painter types, which, you know, it sounds like to say it out loud, which is something I really don't do. 
sounds like I'm really patting myself on the back, but it's really fucking <laughs> easy to find artists who don't fit in that category, who are amazing and super under-supported mm-hmm. and super deserving and working within like really incredible realms that sort of expands conversations beyond what are currently happening. Mm-hmm. And what would you say have been the effects of COVID-19 on your business and current and forthcoming exhibitions? And what has inspired your business as a means of adaptation or elimination of an aspect that may no longer be relevant or serving? Wow, what a rich (laughs) question. Let me just let it soak into my mind. (laughs) Well, like, what was the first first part was how has COVID affected? Yeah, and your your programming, like, in terms of exhibitions and I guess fairs as well. Yeah, I mean... I think just the biggest thing that's happened is I've just like sort of stopped the gallery entirely. We've done some online things and I, I continue to sort of work with artists and, you know, call people every day and sort of interact with people. Mm-hmm. But it's it's become so much less about the cycle. This show's coming up. Get a meeting with this person, you know, have curator come to their studio sort of like push 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 and more just like having real conversations with the artists that we support and just really allowing everyone to process what's happening slowly I think is really important for me right now I see a lot of people a lot of galleries sort of clamoring to create content and I'm kind of having the opposite reaction where I'm actually sort of happy to have a pause for things for a month or two where we're not doing anything and, it, and it's fine. I mean, the mechanisms that support the gallery, AKA selling work are still happening, surprisingly. That's good. That hasn't really slowed down, but the sort of mechanism supporting all of that. So it's like I could sell a painting, but once the painting is sold, I can't ship it to the person because all the shipping companies are done. Or it's, I can sell a drawing, but I can't get it framed and get it to the person. So it's just like everything is really slowed down from that component too. But really just like the main concern is just making sure everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think there's... I'm just I'm thinking about talking shit about this one gallery. Um, well, you can put sure, like a pseudonym on them so we don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, because uh, I mean, the gallery on um, <laughs> to say it that yeah, like the gallery is is like really frustrating me right now yeah. because they're putting together huge group shows. They're like involving all these people they're like keeping the sort of like foot on the gas really needlessly Mm -hmm. like for the dallas fair which was canceled Mm -hmm. they built an entire art fair booth in their gallery um and then installed the booth and took photos which is like a cute sort of idea Mm -hmm. but thinking about the amount of resources and just like people involved in doing something like that Mm -hmm. is really sort of nauseating to me and then uh, artists that I work with was supposed to be in one of their shows that's up now and ended up pulling the work because she didn't really feel like being in the show anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's also just a weird time to be showing. At the yeah. uh, it just, just feels very annoying. Um, but I went there and there were like 15 people working there. And you, I mean, yeah, everyone was wearing masks, but yeah. like 
the galleries are non-essential businesses. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is yeah. happening? Yeah, yeah. And I like, and the handler who was giving me the paintings back, I was like, are you okay, dude? Like, <laughs> I like sort of like looked, looked him in the eye and was like, are you, is like, is this okay for you? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy, but you know, I got to make rent, which I totally get too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if she's the only gig in town, yeah. then people are going to take it. Yeah. And, it, and like short term, it's good for those people, I'm yeah. sure. But it all just felt really like, I don't know, didn't feel great. So I didn't want to, I don't want to like, I mean, of course I have programming planned for right now, but it's like, I don't want to go through the process of endangering people just to like have a, a fucking group show. Like it doesn't feel worth it. Yeah, and it's also a question of confidence and trust, you know? Like, I think that maybe that kind of energy is a bit reactionary versus responsive. And mm. and yeah, like you said, galleries are not essential businesses right now, and nor are people going to go to the gallery or want to receive many emails right now. It's just like adding consumption to consumption as opposed to taking this time to tweak things, you know, and perfect things and cultivate things for the future when we are allowed to be reopened to the public, you know? Yeah, and I'm totally sympathetic to because, like, she's probably got, like, a fucking 30 grand rent in that space, and there's yeah. no way her landlords are, like, giving that for free, yeah. you know? So she's she's got to keep going. So I, I get that, and I respect that, but it's just, I feel like there's ways to go about this that... And it's just, like, the conversation I was having last night where it's with an artist about when the galleries will reopen... And what it will be like to go to galleries when they do reopen. Mm. And I don't really want to reopen the gallery if it means that every person who comes in has to be wearing like a full hazmat suit and I can't be in the room. Because I was just seeing some other galleries that have these really elaborate sort of like check-in processes to like allow for visitors, which is like, cool, you do that. But it seems like you're aware that it's very risky for this person to come in. So like what's to be gained from like one person coming to see your group show? Like it doesn't, I I don't really know why people are willing to jump through hoops to endanger themselves right now when it's probably okay to just like chill for two months because two months isn't that long. Yeah. And then summer comes and it's a dead season in any case. So yeah. 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 And I mean, I guess there's a lot of privilege coming from what I'm saying too. Mm -hmm. So I like acknowledge that where it's like, I, you know, I don't have any savings, but Mm -hmm. like I said, sales are fine right now. And I'm still able to provide to the artists that I'm working with. So I feel like there's less pressure on me Mm -hmm. to do something like what is doing to keep sort of normal life happening right now. Yeah. And so I guess, in a sense, you covered the second portion of the question, but I'll repeat it just in case something else is inspired. Um, yeah, yeah. But so what do you see as a means of adaptation or elimination, like of an aspect of the gallery that is no longer relevant because of COVID-19 that will sustain itself past? <laughs> Sorry, there's Sorry, a cat. My cat, my cat is going to be here. He can't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it's useless to try to stop him. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> this is Goose. Oh, it's cute. <laughs> but yes, 
something that may remain no longer relevant after the reopening of everything? I don't, I don't know. I feel like that everyone's asking these like really philosophical questions about <laughs> what is going to happen to like capitalism after this. Yeah. And I really, I really don't know. Yeah. I feel like nothing like because <laughs> yeah. this, this like machine can't be changed. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be changed quickly. It can't be changed even in like a time of a crisis like this, you know, like the roots are too deep to rip this plant out i think it's really exposed what a fucking disaster our economy is and how it's based on people who don't have savings or people who don't have healthcare. people like it's it's exposed all of these things mm-hmm. obviously and really apparently but will anything actually change from it mm-hmm. uh it's not going to come easily um, if anything at all. I've also been reading about people who are like emphatically saying art fairs won't exist for the next 10 years. Like, (laughs) is that true? Like, I, I I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's some, some truth to it because the kind of story I've been hearing a lot is that, you know, people were trying to find a way around fairs for a long time. And now the virus has kind of helped us with that. (laughs) (laughs) in terms of like you know los angeles for example has said no large gatherings allowed until 2021 and then all the fairs have rescheduled for the last few months of the year and there's maybe like 20 something fairs and how is it after you know several months of no one doing any international travel to then wanting to risk their lives to go attend a fair you know and fairs can't exist without an audience so yeah it, it's really crazy <laughs> it's crazy to think about everyone yeah. rescheduling their affairs for like september october november because yeah. then all the people that were going to like spread out going to those fairs are going to go to all of them in like a matter of months and it's yeah. just like just thinking about the implications of that is yeah. sort of nauseating yeah and maybe they won't but, be eliminated but i think that they'll be slowed down and i think maybe the smaller ones will rethink a bit you know yeah, regional ones. Do you have any fairs that you're doing coming up? No, I'm pretty protected right now. I mean, I'm wondering about Miami. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how about you? Yeah, I mean, Nada. It's it's funny to think about Miami because Nada is a great sort of beacon right now for yeah. me, at least. I feel like they wouldn't do anything that A, wouldn't be safe mm-hmm. or B, wouldn't be good for the artists and for the galleries. Mm-hmm. So it's like they've already canceled their Chicago fair. Yeah. Um, whereas Expo is like, they've come up with this system of like, if you pay 10% of your invoice now, mm-hmm. and then we have these like lower payments until we're like sure we're going to do the fair and then you'll get 10% back when the fair opens kind mm-hmm. of thing which is really interesting and it's kind of just like I don't know if anyone I guess it's, it's, it's a mechanism to get people to pay their deposit on their yeah. on their uh, just to see if they can actually do the fair yeah but yeah I'm, I'm supposed to do expo we'll see I don't yeah. I, I don't I don't know is it what, the same week as Basil be like. as well What's that? Is it the same week as Basel? Uh, it's the week after. Yeah. So Basel's like 14th or something. Mm-hmm. And then Expo's like the week after. Okay. 
which will be interesting. But I feel like there's not much Chicago Basel overlap, anyways. Yeah. But I don't. I don't. I don't know. Different audiences slightly. What's that? Different audiences slightly. Like Chicago's more regional. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I don't know. I mean, it's so weird to think about just like getting on a plane and like. shaking everyone's hand and yeah i don't think that'll happen no i mean i i don't know about like wearing masks for the next year but i maybe like we're all going to be better off being a little safer and like a little more health conscious Mm -hmm. going forward which is not such a bad thing no and so where do you see and how do you see both your gallery and the New York art world moving forward? Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's really scary, actually. I mean, Delhi, Delhi will be fine and we'll reopen and everything will like be in place afterwards, but there are a lot of galleries that won't be, um, which is super sad to think about. There are certain bigger galleries that have more overhead. There are certain smaller galleries that have employees. I mean, I'm very lucky to have, you know, a good relationship with my landlord mm-hmm. where I basically told him I'm not going to pay rent until I can open the space. And mm-hmm. he's fine with that. I mean, he has made it clear that I will have to pay him rent eventually, but yeah. he's been very flexible about when that is which is enough for me right now just while I'm sort of like figuring everything out yeah I have like one part-time employee who's still doing some work and it's like the overhead is low but for galleries that are like bigger or have employees or are in Manhattan like maybe they won't ever reopen it's it's Mm -hmm. really crazy Mm -hmm. um but I also feel like it's been a very interesting time to be in New York and have a gallery. I mean, I kind of mentioned earlier about Nada being a really great resource right now, but it's just like very early on in quarantine, just sort of like being part of their organization of having like petition for rent forgiveness and they continue being like a really good resource. Like they just have this gallery relief fund, Mm -hmm. which looks really great. Um, So hopefully people are, giving money to that Mm -hmm. and that'll be a good resource for people who need it i don't know it's 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 so hard to like get a sense of what everyone is feeling because we're all trapped in our houses (laughs) definitely (laughs) and i've been asking everyone what their quarantine routine is oh my god (laughs) i feel like well i I'm a Virgo and my Mm. partner is a Taurus. So we're like building things. We're cooking elaborate meals. I've taken it upon myself to like build an entire vegetable garden in the back and I've planted seeds. So I'm like really like (laughs) 90 days from now, I'm going to be having like peas and zucchini and like squash and like all, all these crazy things. So I don't know. I have like kombucha going like we're, we're making uh, miso, which takes at least six months. Like <laughs> we're like planting seeds for the future, I, yeah. I think is, is our like routine. I don't know. But like the daily routine. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting because time is such a weird thing when you're in the house all day. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the days go by so fast and then the nights sort of like drag on forever. Yeah. 
I don't know. What's your routine? My routine? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I always start the day with a meditation and then. Oh, <laughs> oh, I had, now I'm like so embarrassed of my answer. Yes, me too. I also start my day with meditation. Okay, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards I, I've been exercising every day. Um, oh, I forgot. Yeah. No, I don't do that either. <laughs> Okay, I shouldn't have asked you about your answer. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm type A Virgo as well. So, you know, I got my structure down, but I leave some room every week for spontaneity. And then also nice. just like a lot of wellness businesses have gone online from New York. So it's a nice way to maintain mm. a connection to New York here in Montreal. So I've been doing yeah. like these kind of circles and things like that in the evening and different classes like breath work. And then in the morning, always like a kind of cardio endurance based workout and then the middle of the day is devoted to work still and kind of really making a point of like getting dressed having my work station and then kind of dismantling it at the end of the day and then always concluding it with a walk uh, with my dog so yeah <laughs> okay your 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 answer is like you're engaging with reality in a very clear way and I'm like farming no but that's for, like, that's that's beautiful as well like and I mean you guys have the advantage right now in New York that spring comes earlier in Montreal yeah. it's still pretty brown it's starting to get a bit green and slowly warming mm. up but it doesn't feel so right to spend that much time outside right now <laughs> yeah I mean it's 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 a really beautiful time in New York actually mm -hmm. and like when we need groceries. There's this one and then in Fort Greene, which is maybe like a half an hour walk each way. Mm -hmm. So it's like we walk there, one person goes in to get groceries and then we walk back. And so it's just sort of nice to see like the plants coming back. Yeah. And, yeah. and also like you say with time, you know, you can take your time to walk there. It doesn't matter. You're not on a tight schedule where you're like rushing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Which has felt really nice. Yeah. I'm a homebody anyways, so not having plans is a great feeling. Yeah. And have you watched any good movies or television in this time? Oh, so much television. <laughs> yes. Um, the new season of Drag Race is pretty good. Okay. Do you watch that? No. <laughs> no? Okay. It's really good. Yeah. Let's see. I watch a lot of bad television, too. Same. <laughs> um like homeland um that that just that series just ended that was interesting watch Jesus and Mero which is also a showtime show okay you don't know them mm -mm. they started this podcast like maybe six years ago that okay. my roommate put me on uh called Bodega Boys okay. and they've sort of like climbed their way from like it's a podcast success story, so yeah, <laughs> take, yeah, yeah. take note if you wish to make I, I a career shall. out of this. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> envious of the early starters. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They started as a podcast, yeah. and then they got picked up by like Red Bull. So then it was like they would record in Red Bull Studios, and then Vice. Then they had a Vice show, and then now they have a Showtime show with like really great guests. They had Fauci on. Alicia Keys, like Issa Rae, like it's a it's a it's a hilarious show. Um, Do you watch Insecure? Watch Insecure yeah. for sure. Yeah. You name it, I think I'm watching it. I think I watch too much TV, but that's my like escapism. Same. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Max, for recording with us today. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, and continue to take care and remain optimistic and look forward to Thank seeing you. you hopefully without a hazmat suit in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome you into New York when you're here and open. It's yeah. It's going to be really nice. Cannot wait.